Welcome back to the Unbroken Arrows podcast, Healing Through the Hunt. And we have a special guest with us right now, Ryan Callahan. Uh, if you're familiar with Meat Eater, the Meat Eater series, um, the Meat Eater family of podcasts, and of course, Meat Eater trivia, uh, Ryan is part of the Meat Eater crew. He is the director of conservation for Meat Eater and uh, also is the host of the podcast, Cal's Week in Review. So, Cal, welcome. Thank you for being part of this show. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Here at Pheasant Fest uh, this uh, weekend, uh, you're here in, in a role of a moderator for a, a couple of different uh, panel discussions, if that's uh, accurate. Yeah, that, that's accurate. I, I, uh, Bob St. Pierre yep. is the uh, head of comms here at uh, Pheasant, Pheasant PFQF. That's, right? that's easier, right? Yeah, that's exactly. yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Bob's a buddy of mine, and, and uh, when he first uh, asked me to uh, come out and talk or do, do something, at Pheasant Fest a few years ago, I just uh, said, you know, I look at these as my time to volunteer, so just treat me like a volunteer. So um, we don't really uh, talk about strategy or anything like that ahead of time. Sure. He just uh, literally sends me an itinerary okay. of where to be and and what to do. Right. And uh, yeah, so I try to, you know, everybody's got excuses for not volunteering. Um, so I try to take advantage of these uh, weekends at, at stuff like this to get my volunteer hours in. So, oh, sure. Sure. Um, yeah, so moderating, just like facilitating conversations on a couple of different topics. Uh, we just did one on public land, uh, bird hunting, okay. tips, tactics uh, with the editor of Pheasants Forever magazine, Quail Forever magazine, and uh, Gun Dog magazine. Okay. And then um, also the PATH program. Sure. That's that's one of the questions that I wanted to ask you about. And that's a South Dakota program. Um, talks uh, stands for Public Access to Habitat. And uh, what can you tell us about that? And what what uh, types of conversations have you had or led uh, in in these panel discussions? Well. Uh, PATH is an exciting program because it's it's new. Um, it's, it's definitely a version of something that everybody should be familiar with, which is a public access to private land okay. uh, program, such as uh, Weehaw in Kansas, Bureau, or, uh, Block Management in Montana. Uh, CREP here would be a state-administered program in South Dakota. In Nebraska, I do believe they have a walk-in program as well. Yeah. So yeah. Mm -hmm. that's yeah. where I'm from, we're originally from, is uh, in Nebraska. And so. ne Nebraska is a fantastic example, uh, you know, like not that much public land Correct. in the state of Nebraska. So if you take away a program um, like a, a walk-in public access to private ground program, um, you're really, really limiting hunting in general in that state for a lot of people. So, right. Um, and so that's why PATH exists. It's, it's another um, option, another tool in the tool belt for uh, landowners to allow for public access. Um, you know, if that CREP program doesn't quite fit their needs, this sure. is another option. Sure. Um, you know, and honestly, like uh, sharing land across the aisle from you, Doug's right. uh, program, um, would be another 
option out there too. So like right. different avenues for providing that public access to private property. Sure. And, and that is something you talk about Nebraska having a, a lower number of public or number of acres of public access. And, you know, being born and raised in the northeastern part of the state, hunting, fishing, and, and farm ponds, access to those. It's nice that, you know, you know the families, you know those types of things. But uh, those things are changing because of the, how the land is purchased now. You know, larger maybe corporations are buying up more land, so that access is decreasing. So these programs, I think, are very, very important, no matter what state we're talking about. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if, if we, we know, you know, it's not a fun thing to talk about, but we know uh, this traditional uh, family farm, farm, family ranch, um, that, you know, as time goes on, that ownership changes or that right. management strategy changes. Every time that change occurs, we stand to lose some sort of access. Right. Um, and when access goes away, hunter numbers go away as well. So, right. um, and yeah, so it could be a corporation that comes in to make a purchase. Um, a, a good buddy of mine who's a farmer in the Sacramento Valley his next door neighbor is a hedge fund. Okay. Right. And it's part of their portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the, t- you know, it's a hedge fund with, with a, a B behind it. So it, billions of dollars right. of capital, right. you know, farmers can't compete with that. Right. right? So, um, then, um, we're, you know, we're also just seeing like the fragmentation of these operations by recreational property owners who are absentee, and uh, they expect to show up and have everything kind of perfect. Right. Um, and so public access often isn't uh, a part of their, their management program, right? So, sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's why PATH is exciting because uh, Aberdeen, South Dakota, has gone through this cycle that we're talking about, uh, which is pheasant hunting was the thing mm-hmm. in Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. And... Everyone was behind it. Uh, they had lots of people traveling to that area for pheasant hunting. Um, not a ton of dedicated public land, some, right? but it was this time before that we were talking about where it was just easy to knock on a door and, right. and get access, right? right? Um, as, those, as these times have changed, people are worried about uh, liability, um, uh, invasive grasses, all right. sorts of worries, legitimate worries. Right. Um, those acres started getting closed off um, or uh, larger outfitting operations that were designed um, to hold people mm-hmm. on that property. To So when people come into that property, they spend all their money there. Right. They're not going into town for shotgun shells right. or licenses even. Right. Um, breakfast, breakfast or dinner, evening, cocktails. beverages. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, the downtown core of Aberdeen was on the decline. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's harder to bring in new business. It's harder to recruit people for your business sure. when they show up and they see like well shoot half a main street's boarded up right do i really want to bring the family here right um and so they paid for an economic analysis what the heck's going on mm-hmm. they, there's a strong strong uh economic science behind the fact that there was a, a big revitalization bump 
back in the the, the prime days of pheasant hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the uh, city of Aberdeen, along with Pheasants Forever, got together to uh, explore what they could do. Like if they could provide more public access, um, you know, to these these places that don't have the infrastructure. Right. People are going to stay in town. They're going to spend money in town and travel out to these places that are in what's now the PATH program. Right. Um, so give them a place to hunt. They're going to show up and hunt and spend money in town. Right. Yeah. And it's then a, it's a good plan. It is. It, it really is. Yeah. And, and it's it's right. I mean, we know that exists. We know that that's proven out. Right. Um, and so it's kind of interesting to see this like full circle on a you know relatively small scale this little example of Aberdeen South Dakota mm-hmm. the uh, thing that comes to my mind when we're talking about this is you know it's it's different there's nothing wrong with you know uh, people that own their land they can say yes or no they can they can you know uh, a farmer can sell his land to whomever you yep. know he wants it's it's just different it's not wrong you know, the the public access. Uh, uh, well, individual property rights are what this nation is founded on. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's what I'm trying to struggle to say. I guess is is the 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 change. Everything changes, and that's just one of the things. When I was a kid, all you had to do, like you said, you know, knock on somebody's door and you know, it was a yes or no, and most of the times it was a yes. And now it's different. It's just the way it is. I guess. Now, the PATH program, I think, probably has some similarities and some commonalities between your land access initiative that uh, I think you oversee at Meat Eater. Yeah. Um, well, you know, working specifically with Pheasants Forever, we use the um, uh, Build a Wildlife Area program, BAWA, okay. um, for our last land access initiative. Kind of sound like government now with all the acronyms. but <laughs> Right. Um, and, uh, but very similar in the fact that what we're trying to do is, is create access. Mm-hmm. And we have a very simple mission statement on our land access initiative, which is provide more access to hunting and fishing. So um, some of these spots, these programs may be um, relatively small, uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's more, it's additive and that's that's what we're trying to do. So sure. um, the the last one is like un, unbelievable mm-hmm. property um, called Wild Wildcat Bend. It's on the Lower Yellowstone, Montana. In Montana, okay. Working with uh, Hunter Van Donsel uh, here at PF. Uh, it's like you guys gotta you gotta look at this. Is on my desk for a year. Okay. Um, and got out there, did site visits, uh, listened to the other folks involved, the uh, Lower Yellowstone Coalition, which is an economic uh, driven group, right, of like, we know the Lower Yellowstone's fantastic. There's a lot of these farm communities that are very similar to Aberdeen, where there used to be a grocery store, there used to be, um, you know, things there that supported the local economy. Um, why why is that not the case now, right? So you had that, the part shop was in town, the grocery store was in town, you didn't have to drive all the way into Billings. Right. 
right? And that's the Aberdeen model too, is like all these, they, they were able to successfully solicit ranchers in the beginning because it's like, hey, we know that you come into town once a month, you have a, a, a dinner on Sunday, um, you get your grocery shopping done, you uh, ship stuff at the FedEx store. If we don't do something here, those like, things are going to be gone. Those things are going to be gone, right. and you're going to have to drive, you know, all the way into Brookings, or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right, because right. it's like those drive times just keep getting longer. Getting longer. The supply yeah. lines keep getting longer. Right. So um, this Wildcat Bend deal—that's that's why the uh, Lower Yellowstone Coalition exists too—is to try to find some revitalization opportunity. Recreation in Montana is huge. Um, uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, they actually found this landowner, uh, worked with Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever, to um, help negotiate the uh, purchase of that land and the holding of that land. Um, Because, you know, state government is a multi-step process where uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks identified the property. They can't hold the property. it has to go through a land board. It has to be signed off by the governor to acquire new new land. Um, the steps, the steps. There are so many steps. There's so to many that steps. process, and that you have an individual property owner who wants to do the to right do thing. That. You're like, he's like, oh, I love this place. That's why I, I built my place out here. Right. I want to see it go to people who want to do the appreciate it the way that I did. Right. Right. And so was very patient, went through this process, Pheasants Forever came in, handled the land part of it, um, had kind of the the sweaty, nail-biting scenario of the hoping the land board was going to approve it, was going to approve it, hoping the governor is still going to approve it, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and then we were able to come in, kind of raise this awareness piece, get uh, folks involved, and... Uh, you know, write some good letters to the land board. Sure. Write some good letters to the governor, mm-hmm. and uh, and then and do this fundraising, and and that was all through the land access initiative. So, uh, we tried to raise thirty thousand, and we ended up with one hundred and fifty. Oh wow! So nice, yeah. nice. Now, is there uh, no project, say, too big or too small for your land access initiative? I mean, you know, my preference would be to come in and find the small Smaller ones, ones that they get, might get uh, a little overlooked because they're not as sexy as the big ones. Right. Um, but they, they need to get done. And again, it's still additive. Um, but, you know, the next one that we're going to uh, fund through land access is uh, corner crossing. So right. um, it's been an issue that I've listened to quite yeah. often on the podcast. So, yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, you know, certainly from my perspective, uh, very cut and dry thing when we're specifically talking about these corner locked pieces where the difference between access and no access is is a footstep right um you know there's uh and the debates over the year above it sometimes too right exactly exactly and and even if that debate were valid, it's still a zero impact type of thing. Right. Um, but th- that's the difference between six million acres in Wyoming, right? Wow, six million. Yeah, another two million in Montana. Wow. And you know that's that's stuff that we're paying taxes on and and uh, is part of that public domain. Sure. Uh, and we need to 
start getting in there, managing that stuff, providing that access as an option. Right. Uh, so in these areas that are seeing increased uh, public land pressure, we have more, more places to go, more places to spread out that pressure, keep providing good opportunities uh, so we keep hunters engaged, right? Sure. So the only people that are going to effectively fight for hunters are hunters. Right. And we, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen it when you talk to, I mean, there's, there. I guarantee there's unfortunately people in this room who are like, oh, it's not even worth going out there anymore. Right. 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 And we don't want that. We don't right. want them to have that mentality. We want them to be able to enjoy it. So oh, yeah, enjoy it and, and and be able to make sure other people find that enjoyment as well. Mm-hmm. So they're they're willing to to lobby for this stuff. Right, exactly. Right. Now I've got a one watching and listening uh, to you guys on TV and your podcasts and, and that land access initiative. Uh, one was floating around in, in my head with regard to Nebraska, and I'm just wondering if this is something that is, is fits into that, but uh, I'm from northeast Nebraska, so border, county borders, the uh, Missouri River across to South Dakota. Uh, there is a, a town called Niobrara. It's got an interesting history because the entire town, because of rising levels of groundwater, moved from the basically the floodplain for which it was on up up the hill, the entire town. It's an interesting story. But uh, boat access to the Missouri River there is yeah. very limited. So uh, if somebody was interested in uh, getting involved and maybe submitting a, a, a question uh, with something like that first, is that a project that would be even considered by the Land oh, Access Initiative? I mean, you give me a 20-foot wide strip that you could back a boat down, that's what I'm and talking then have about. Access to the Missouri River. Right. I mean, that's a lot of access, right? Right. So yeah, I'd, I'd be very interested in that. Okay. So um, so then, how if if that's the case, then how does somebody go about, uh, you know, communicating with you uh, about well, getting if, that as if, a consideration? Let's say that um, you're you're somebody listening and and you want to submit a property, and that's. Uh, the only holdup is because of the the size of my show that mm-hmm. I'm running. Mm-hmm. Um, we need something uh, physical to start with. So um, go to the meateater.com land access page, uh, or you can write in to ask Cal at the meateater.com. Okay. Um, but there's a land access email. You can submit the the property there. Mm-hmm. But that's really what we need to start is a physical location mm-hmm. that says this property is uh, a landlocked or is a piece that would provide the access that we need, sure. okay. um, whether it's for sale or not for sale. But, you know, I I did a lot of due diligence uh, last year and the year before on it. You know, unfortunately, like a b- bunch of chunks of ground that nobody called me back on uh-huh. trying to see what the possibility would be to, I, yeah, to get in there, provide an right. easement right. or, um, and you know, that's like just a, a tool that is amazingly effective is that, you know, that land can stay in the family property. Mm-hmm. Um, we can just pay for an easement across it. Right. Right. And, sure. and provide that access. So sure. as, as just one available tool in the toolbox and 
in order to do that, we would work with uh, a PFQF, a Lamb Trust, um, okay. and you know, I'd, there's some folks here at uh, Pheasants Forever that that wrote in to me because they didn't have that good customer service experience sure. with a nonprofit they tried to reach out to, and they 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 just wouldn't. You know, it's unfortunate that uh, if you don't speak some of the language, um, it's hard to get your message across on what you want to do. Right. And so I've been able to kind of facilitate some of those conversations by going like, oh, okay, I understand what you want to do with your uh, endowment that you want to create. Right. Or um, you're, you're setting yourself up to leave a, a bunch of land behind and you want it to go to a good use, mm-hmm. um, this is the person that you need to talk to. Sure. And so it's not uh, something that I, I quantify mm-hmm. uh, work-wise, but I'm more than happy to help connect the dots with people too because it's it's doing the same thing. It's sure. adding more. Sure. So. Um, my wife and I are avid listeners of the Mediator podcast and trivia. And uh, we will compete against ourselves, the, you know, during trips and in the car and so forth. And and oftentimes, I think when you have won on the trivia, they have the $500 going to a conservation organization. And I think you have donated to the Land Access Initiative, and other people have as well. So what if a listener that uh, happens to have uh, some money that they would like to donate or put towards that, can a person do that as well? Yes. Um, it's a little tricky because, you know, we are not a nonprofit. Okay. Right? So mm-hmm. um, it's uh, we're working on making it a little bit more seamless. But, yes, you can make a donation to Land Access Initiative. You can do that um, on that Land Access page. You can do that um, at Roundup. Uh, the When you round up, uh, you have the option to round up uh, at checkout. Right, through right. any mm-hmm. one of our uh, businesses. Okay. And then um, we uh, will be launching another round of the Auction House of Oddities. Mm-hmm. So you can mm-hmm. make a donation and get something fun and weird and cool through right. the Auction House of Oddities, too. So, right, right. Yeah. So there are ways yes. to do that. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, I know you're a busy man and you've got a schedule to keep. So I appreciate you stopping by. I There are several other things I wanted to maybe talk to you about you know your cal's week in review is an interesting podcast and and those issues that you cover and talk about are things that a lot of things that people need to keep in you know the front of their mind not in the back of their mind yeah so uh, i don't know if there'd be ever a time where where uh, we might be able to uh, arrange a a few minutes again via telephone uh, to visit and and i i also think that in your experiences you might have come across people that uh uh, might fit into being guests in our podcast with regard to our healing through the hunt. Uh, our, our whole objective is to um, try to help others use the outdoors for healing and to get you know, re-engaged or continue to be active in the outdoors. So, so if that's ever a situation, oh, if you come across somebody that says, hey, you know, you know, I know these people that would uh, appreciate your story, so we'd appreciate you to pass that along. Okay, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of lot of overlap there. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Well, 
thank you again. Appreciate it. On behalf of Trey and me and Catherine, I, I, I would like to have you uh, in, get introduced to my co-host, Catherine, my stepdaughter. She's a great kid and, and a very avid hunter. So uh, I'd like you to meet her sometime too, if possible. So. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Look forward to it. Yeah, thank you very much. You bet. Thanks, Cal.